0: Welcome to the Whiteboard Session, examining our faith based on Luther's Small Catechism. This week, Pastor Jung concludes our discussion on the Ten Commandments, and we focus on the close of the commandments. Let's listen in. Welcome back, you guys. As we conclude uh, the Ten Commandments, uh, we have the close of the commandments, which I think is very important to talk about. So why don't we why don't we begin uh, with a word of prayer, dear Heavenly Father? Uh, we again thank you uh, for this time of your word, we know that you are our true God, uh, a gracious God, but yet one who is also a jealous God. Lord, um, let us, as we hear your word, uh, may we take heed to your word and we may it penetrate our hearts and minds to know full well of your gift of grace, your, the call to repentance and, and the life that you give uh, through, uh, through our Savior, Jesus, Lord, Uh, May the close of the commandments be be a blessing to us as we revel in your grace. Lord, for all these things, we are thankful. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the close of the commandments. uh, As it reads in the Catechism, uh, we see right here, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. This is from Exodus 20, uh, verses 5 to 6. The, the, again, this is in context. This is after they crossed the Red Sea. And there he gives them the commandments as they go on their uh, wilderness ride. Right, Wilderness ride. That's right. Uh, what does this mean? God threatens to punish all who break these commandments. Therefore, we should fear his wrath and do not... Do anything against them. But he promises grace and every blessing to all those who keep these commandments. Therefore, we should also love and trust in him and gladly do what he commands. And again, um, the close of the commandments. Now, this is who our God is. He's a loving God. You know, at the end of the day, God is love, as we know the attributes of who he is. God is love, as the scripture says. Uh, but we see right here also that, you know, we don't have a patty cake God. You know, we don't have like a marshmallow God who. Marshmallow God. Why did I say that? Who's really puffy and soft and lets us do whatever we want. That makes sense? It's like having a, you know, it's like me being a father, me being a father or Jeff over here uh, being a father. If he was a, if he was a patty cake father, I don't know why I'm using patty cake all of a sudden, but if he is one that is permissive, what will happen to his children? Probably cotton candy all day and get rotting teeth and have health problems. Right, Jeff? Not cotton candy. It could be something else. They'd probably be, my kids would probably be around Netflix all day and they wouldn't learn and uh, they would, uh, they would just not be good, right? But here we see, I am a jealous God, a God of wrath. No one likes that word wrath. But here he shows us that those who sin and hate me or hate God, there to the third and fourth generations, will they be Uh, punished right again you know this life of faith that fear and love and trust god above all things fear this is kind of where we see that fear and again people want to say oh god is just all about love and he is at the end of the day but there is this reality of wrath he hates sin does that make sense what what the bible says about sin he hates it He gives us the law. He shows us our sin. And he says in Exodus 20 that he will punish those who hate him, who disbelieve and have unbelief in him, right? This is, I think this is very, um, uh, this is very important, that there is that fear. That's why when we talk about repentance, it's because of the fear of the Lord that we repent. That makes sense. We're not making God the way we want him. We're not fashioning an idol based on what we believe God is. But based on Holy Scripture, that is who our God is, and that's where we sit, you guys. We live in a world, again, that has twisted the Bible, that has changed the laws, dismissed some laws, added some laws, who knows? But if it's not based on Holy Scripture, we have a different God here that we're worshiping, if that's the case, right? But based on Holy Scripture... We very well know, Exodus 20, he is a God of wrath according to his word, and and we very well know when we sin against him and uh, we have unbelief and we live the way we want, saying that, let's say, we we believe in God, but we expect God to cater to our own expectations, our own laws, uh, we will be sorely, uh, we will realize that um, that's just not how it works. God God hates. He hates sin. He's holy. God is perfect and holy. He has nothing to do with sin. But the thing, you guys, is this is that when we look at the close of the commandments, it reminds us as well, you know, as we get to the call to repentance, it also reminds us as well that we cannot in our own self uh, rescue ourselves from, from this sin. We know the wrath of God. We know our sin condition as well. Uh, We know that uh, uh, we cannot save ourselves because of our sin. So where does that leave us, right? That leaves us at the hands and mercy of God. And that is the life of faith. Faith in Christ. Confessing our sins. Faith in Christ. Confessing our sins. In front of God. Confessing our sins to God. Trusting and having faith in what Christ gives to us in his gospel this death and resurrection right just imagine if god said uh, oh yeah these laws they're good but you can follow them if you want them if you want to but if you if not it's all good right where would that leave us therefore god gives us a law to show us what we what he expects of us those demands but yet at the same time we know that we fall short but the key is here is that in that faith We trust in what he gives. It says right there, Yes, to the third and fourth generations, those who hate me uh, will be punished. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. It says right here in the catechism, He showers those who believe in him and their God-fearing descendants with his constant love and good gifts. Just like God blessed Job for his faithfulness, Yes, we're not perfect. Yes, we fall short. But our, our Christian life isn't about us doing perfect works. I mean, we strive to do these very things. Isn't that right? We strive to look at the Ten Commandments and say, Lord, how can I love God and love my neighbor? But at the end of the day, our salvation, our forgiveness, our place in heaven, our keys to eternal life is not on our works, but is on our faith in Christ because we very well know uh, we cannot fulfill these perfectly. And there we go to repentance. And He will love us to the thousands of generations, showing us the overflowing grace of God in what He gives uh, by His promise, because it is Christ who keeps the law for us. By dying on the cross, living this perfect life of obedience, to be the sinless Lamb without blemish, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, uh, the One who gives us uh, life in His name, and therefore we trust in what He brings to the table in His body of blood. Right? So though uh, we look at these commandments and say, well, um, I can't fulfill them perfectly, they're your faith. We repent, and we lie, and we abide, and we remain in the mercy of what God gives to us in Christ Jesus. That is the life of faith, you guys. If we look at the close of the commandments and say, uh, well, I need to be perfect, not only are we disregarding uh, the doctrine of original sin, but we're going to try to live a life that is impossible, a life that will burn us out and where we will say, I can't be Christian. But what makes you Christian? It's that trust in what God has given to you. Yes, we toil and struggle. We don't glory in our sin. That makes sense? We struggle daily. This is the Christian life. Knowing that we have fallen short, that the wrath of God should, that eternal condemnation should be our eternal demise. But yet in repentance, as we trust in God's word in front of him, we confess our sins and there we always go back to Christ. That is the thousands of generations. And I pray you guys will see this as you live your life. Because at the end of the day, the gospel prevails. And as we live, um, we see um, that wrath so clearly. But yet at the same time, we see the glory of God, the full of grace and truth that is in Christ Jesus um, as he comes to this world to die for our sins. So remember that this day, and, and may this be your comfort as you live the Christian life um, according uh, to his word, according to faith, um, according to his name. Um, and as we repent, seek for his forgiveness, uh, live life again, repent, forgiveness, live life loving and serving our neighbor again. Uh, this is um, this is the life of a Christian. So. Uh, May the word and sacrament be your comfort, and may this be the place in which uh, you have great uh, peace, knowing that all has been answered for and finished uh, by our uh, Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, May this be, again, uh, another blessing uh, for you as you dig through uh, the Ten Commandments in Luther's Small Catechism. Um, May you all have a blessed day, and we will see you again. Adios. Thanks for listening to this study on Luther's small catechism. We hope this was helpful as you grow in the Christian faith and study of the Bible. For more information about Faith Lutheran Church, visit us on the web at faithmorepark.com.